Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. So hear me out. It's free. My father-in-law always says, the only thing better than cheap is free. So take advantage of it. There's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit from your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all the podcast platforms out there. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to know to make a podcast in one place. So, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hello, Razorback fans, and welcome to another fabulous episode of the Hog Talk Podcast. We just wanted to say thank you for downloading and listening to what myself, Ty Hudson, Jacob, and our producer, Porter, all have to say on all things Razorback Athletics. For those of you on iTunes or Spotify, wherever, however you're listening to our content, if you would please leave behind a written review and, I don't know, maybe give us some star power, that'd be excellent. We'd really appreciate it. Thanks again from your boys here at the HTP. Go Hogs! Yo, what's going on, Arkansas Razorback fans? Welcome to episode 42 of the Hog Talk Podcast. I am your... I'm your host this time, this Monday. Usually it's Jacob, and, and and usually it would be one of them here with me as well, either Jacob or our producer, Porter, but they are, well, you know, it's that time of year. It's Thanksgiving. They're a little preoccupied. Uh, Jacob's got stuff going on with, with what he does for a living, so we're all just kind of busy, so it's just it's going to be it's going to be pretty intimate because it's going to be just you and I on episode 42 of of the HTP. So thank you guys so much for, for downloading and listening. There's a lot to talk about, but this isn't going to be a typical hour long episode also. So just a heads up because it's just me. I'll probably be, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll just, we'll just see We'll we'll uh, take it one, one uh, topic at a time and we'll just see where that ends up or where we end up as far as time. Uh, I don't know how how well I'm going to edit this thing either. So it's just going to be, it might just be a pretty raw podcast episode, but that's okay. That's okay. We'll work through it. We'll work through it together. Okay. All right. And I am going to, I'm going to try, I I do this on the, (laughs) on the pig trail podcast. You guys know I have a thirsty Thursday episode that you can only get through podcasts. It's not available on YouTube and it's just, um, it's earmuffs. Like I'm, I'm supposed to say earmuffs in case you've got kids in the car. So I'll try to do my best there. Um, I don't. I don't typically hold back much. I don't have much of a filter. I apologize uh, in advance for that. <laughs> so, all right. Mm. Take a swig of my monster, my Java coffee energy drink here. I get the uh, Irish blend, and I try to stay away from the sugary drinks. I try, but it's like I'm kind of running on fumes this evening. I'm recording this Sunday night. We already, I've, we've already had two Thanksgivings. We had Friendsgiving with our neighbors, which was awesome. The only down part of that is we watched the LSU Arkansas game, but the the food and the we played uh, Cards Against Humanity. I don't know if you guys have ever played that. I highly recommend Cards Against Humanity. No, they don't sponsor us, but you sh- you need to give them a shot. It's so freaking fun. But 
it will reveal a lot about yourselves and uh, the people around you and, and uh, loved ones and friends and people you've known for a while. It's going to, it'll show you their, <laughs> who they really are when you play cards against humanity. But anyways, we did that at the Friendsgiving. And then today we had uh, my wife's side of the family. We had her grandma's Thanksgiving, which was also good. Is there such thing as a bad Thanksgiving? Like, I don't know that I've ever been to a Thanksgiving dinner where I walked away and I was like, you know what? Uh, that was nasty. That was terrible. That was awful. I've been I've been at Thanksgiving dinners where politics has come up and where you've, you've always got the one or two family members or it's usually just the one who like kind of starts on the political stuff and everyone around them just kind of rolls their... I've, I've been to some of those. And they're a little awkward, but the food, like, it's all about the food, baby. It's all about the food. It's all about the turkey and the and the honey-glazed ham. The honey-glazed ham. That's what it's about in family and spending time. Before you know it, you'll wake up and you won't have those, those moments, those memories. That's all you'll have are the memories. So, you know, have a good Thanksgiving. From, from us here at the HTP, we hope you guys have a happy Thanksgiving and enjoy that time with your family. Um, so... I, I don't even know where to start with the football game. It's I said this on the post-game show on the uh, Pictorial Network live show over on the YouTube channel. I'm not putting what we saw on Barry or... or I mean, the, the, the coaching staff, the offensive play calling, the defensive play calling was atrocious. I think we can all agree with that. It was, it was just not good. The product on the field is still crap. I thought it was interesting, though, and I, I think I should have seen this coming, and I think a lot of us actually should have seen this coming, but the week we don't have Chad Morris, right? He's gone. He's out the door. They go out and they play like crap again against the number one team in the country on the road, and then everyone's like, oh, see, we told you. We told you. It's on the players. It's not the coaching staff. It's it's all on the players. That changed our mind because Chad wasn't there. Guys, pump your brakes. Okay, pump your brakes. It's a mixture of the two. It's never 100% on one side or the other, but I'm going to say the majority of the blame does belong with the staff. Not 100%, maybe not even 90% or 80%, but the majority of the blame is on the coaching staff. Now, again, I'm not pushing this on Barry Lonnie. I don't I don't know what to say about Barry. He was in the, he's the interim head coach. What do you expect him to do? This thing is not going to change overnight. You're out of your mind if you think it. If you think that we should have had a a different outcome. Look, they covered the spread. All right, KJ had some moments. And an update on KJ, by the way. Supposedly they were uh, they were checking in on possible uh, concussion protocol. I don't. That's what I was told. I don't know if there's if there's anything to follow that up with. I don't have any information, but that's what I was told. That's one of the reasons why he exited the game. And then they put Starkle, the Starkle Sparkle, out there, and he was. I, I don't know what the hell. I don't. I've never seen a quarterback regress so much like Starkle has at Arkansas. It's incredible. And then uh, we saw Lindsey go out there and actually have some success. But again, LSU at that point was like, "Yeah, we're done. We've already like we're already heading to the locker room. We're done mentally." They checked. They checked out because they didn't have to be there mentally. I found that interesting though. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, it's like, well. Yeah, see, this was Chad wasn't there, so this is clearly on the players. Guys, this is still his product. What you saw, that is still his product on the field. You know, um, and and 
it doesn't just he doesn't have to be there for it to be even worse like it, it, it either way it doesn't matter he doesn't have to be there and he could be there and the outcome might have been about the same it's his it's his product the last year and a half they've made no steps in any direction except backwards you could argue, you could argue they regressed and i think that's a fair argument even if they managed to beat colorado state this year i don't know i think colorado state must have uh completely overlooked the Hawks. I don't I don't know how Arkansas even beat them. They are truly truly the worst football program of the Power 5s and then you could make a legitimate argument for being one of the bottom 10 teams in all of college football. No, they're not going to beat Mizzou. No way. Not even in Little Rock. I'm working out. I'm working some things out. I'm hoping that I can make it down there. It's looking possible. There might be a glimmer of hope that I might actually be able to make that game down Little Rock. So uh, I'll let you guys know if I'm able to make it on social media. You can follow me on Twitter at Tyzilla83. So, yeah, the football team, it it was just um, kind of typical play calling. I think something that verified, that that I verified with this game was that Craddock has been calling the plays all along because they didn't look any different on the offensive side of the ball. And yeah, they had moments where, you know, KJ, who showed off his toughness, where KJ had a couple of moments where it was like, oh, wow, nice pass. But, like, KJ is so behind in the passing game. That's something that I've I've argued here for a while that, look, he, there, there's a reason why we haven't seen KJ until, until it was okay to play him without burning his red shirt. There's a reason for that, and that's because he's got a lot of work to do in the passing game. His mechanics, footwork, all of it, it needs work. Now, can he scramble? Yeah. Can he run the RPO, the running side of the RPO, and – make good decisions as to whether or not to, to give it off to the running back or to keep it. Yeah, I, sometimes. There was a play early on where he tried to keep the ball and tried to tuck it, and Rakeem Boyd tried to take it, and, and uh, the announcers, and I have to agree with them, McElroy and company on the, on the SEC Network said that it was actually the right call for KJ to keep it, but Rakeem kind of took off with it and ended up, the, the play resulted in negative yardage. By the way, McElroy is an idiot. I'm, I'm going to say, I, I can't stand that guy. I can't, and not because he's a former Alabama quarterback or any of that. It's just the crap that he has said about the University of Arkansas that drives me insane. And look, I'm not someone, I'm not someone who's like easily offended at all. And it's not even, it's not even being offended. It's just the blatant ridiculousness that comes out of his mouth. Like when he's talking about how Arkansas has this issue of recruiting in state and how, you know, there's no real in state talent. First off, we've that's been a problem here for decades. That's nothing new. They've been able to walk into Texas. Hell, Brett Bielema was able to walk into the state of Florida, unproven at Arkansas, and walk away with some pretty damn good talent out of the state of Florida and some good offensive linemen. Sam Pittman was able to attract all kinds of guys here on the offensive line. They've been able to recruit out of the state at uh, you know on the offensive line before and they could do it again but for him to sit there and act like it's just impossible and then he wanted to talk about how KJ Jefferson should have should have tried to truck the defender when was that the first quarter or maybe it was the second quarter where he, when he slid a little too early and uh, yeah it was a freshman mistake he didn't know where he was at KJ didn't know where he was at on the field i don't know how he missed that giant orange marker on the sidelines but he slid a little prematurely yeah that was on him but here's here's this Former Alabama quarterback sitting here telling us how he should have tried to body the defender. Dude, KJ is playing with a bum shoulder. And first, that, that's not even the... He's a quarterback. 
You don't ever want your quarterback trying to truck people. You always want your quarterback sliding. I don't care if he was six foot six, three hundred pounds. Well, okay, maybe. All right, maybe then. Maybe then. <laughs> I wouldn't mind him trying to truck somebody, but you know, KJ's not small, but he's not. You know, he's not Cam Newton. We need to we need to quit pretending. Or he's not Tim Tebow. He's not that kind of quarterback that can just truck people all game long. And we've already seen that. He's already got a durability issue with his shoulder. So even if you want to remove the the shoulder factor into that equation, let's take that out. You still would rather him slide. That's what quarterbacks have been taught from day one since the first quarterback ever scrambled in the history of football. I guarantee you that coach pulled him to the sidelines and said, you know what, let's try something different. How about we slide? I don't know. I thought that was ridiculous. And maybe, I, I have to admit, I haven't gone back and rewatched the game, which I typically try to do. Uh, and when we were watching the ball game, dogs were barking, kids were screaming, and uh, we couldn't really hear the game. But I swear that's what he said, and, and I know he'd said something about KJ uh, sliding prematurely, which I can agree with. And there were about three times where that happened, where either KJ went out of bounds too early, Traylon Burks went out of bounds too early, not knowing where they're at on the field. Good grief, guys. I know they're freshmen, but how do you miss those giant orange markers on the sidelines? Like At one point, we saw KJ run right at it. You know he had to have seen it and still stepped out like a half yard, almost a full yard shy of the first down marker. Awareness. Awareness of where you're at on the field. It's something. Do you blame that on coaching or the individual? That I'm not entirely sure. Maybe a little bit of both, as it always is. Football is is uh, tough. Razorback football is tough. The coaching search continues. to. It's all anybody wants to talk about. It's, it's going to be that way until they make the hire. Everybody has their guy or two or three or their five, their top five list. Everybody has an opinion on the coaching search, which is great. The only point that it drives me crazy is when people try to tell, like, you know, someone on, I've seen this, so, someone on social media will list their top five and then someone will respond with, are you stupid? Like, dude, it's his top five. Okay. Who cares? He has Gus Miles on Houston, Bobby Petrino and, and the coach from, from Waterboy. Who cares? All right. It's his opinion. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't understand why that triggers people. I don't understand why that, why that, you know, are you stupid? Are you dumb? How dare you? Like whatever. It's his list. Who gives a damn? Get off your, your high horse there. Mr. My top five list is better than yours. Everyone has their own. God, what was the name of the coach on, uh, on, on water boy? I should know this cause it's one of my favorite sports comedies ever and you know what's sad is that one and the original longest yard and even the remake with adam sandler don't i, I don't know i just like adam sandler i like his, his sports comedies i like sports comedies they're great um yeah i i uh i don't have i don't i really don't even have a list and i am asked that a lot my twitter dms my facebook dms i am asked that all the time who's what's your list and i'm like i you know what <laughs> at this point Damn near a, a corpse of, of of name a, a great ex coach who's buried six feet under the ground. I think that corpse would probably do a better job than than uh, than what we've gotten out of Chad Morris for the last year and a half. The product on the field continues to be terrible. Doesn't matter if Chad's here or not. It's a reflection of him. It's a reflection of everything he's built the last year and a half. And it's terrible. Need someone else to come in. I, I really at this point I don't care. Just someone. 
who can turn this around. I don't know who that is. I will agree it needs to be someone who has Power 5 coaching experience. No more of these mid-majors. I'm on board with that. If they hire a mid-major, let's say they hire a guy out of Appalachian State, Drinkwitz. If they hire you know, someone from a, from a mid-major program or a non-Power 5, fans are going to be very happy. Fans are not going to be very happy. I don't know. I, again, I don't have a top five. Like I said, I, it's like just put somebody there who's who's at least coach power five, and maybe they've turned a place. Like I've mentioned Campbell. I really like Campbell. Campbell is someone who who turned Toledo around. Hell, he beat Arkansas, made them someone you didn't overlook, even though they were a non-power five. You know, If you were a power five school and you had Toledo on your list, Arkansas overlooked them, and look what happened. That's what Campbell did. Now he's at Iowa State, and he's made that a decent job. Iowa State. Iowa freaking State is, uh, I mean, they're pretty good under Campbell. And then, yeah, you've got Mike Norvell, and, and you got the, the Baylor coach. You've got all these names, Kiffin, the Kiffin train, which I, I feels like his response on Twitter, which was uh, responding to a fan telling him that he's clearly never been to Boca. I think that's your answer. It feels like like right there, Kiffin is not as interested as what's been reported around the local media. Not even the local media. like Even the national media has talked about this, about how Kiffin has had interest in this job before. So I think that's going to do it on that game. Um, obviously, our hope, our plan is on Thursday to record and, and have the, uh, the Mizzou the Mizzou podcast up that Friday morning, the Arkansas-Mizzou game Friday morning. We know they play that afternoon. So I don't know if we'll try something a little different where maybe we release the podcast that Thursday night. That's something Jacob and I will have to discuss. But that's going to do it for the football, for, for Razorback football. No recruiting news as of right now. There's nothing out there that's it's uh, that, that I've heard. I mean, yeah, there's rumors left and right that some – Maybe some possible prospects have all but eliminated Arkansas at this point. But, again, that's all smoke. We don't even know if that's true. You know, it's going to all depend on on who Arkansas hires and if he can capture their interest, if they have any, with the football program. That's what's going to matter. And who, if if any, if they retain anybody off the staff, which I hope they do. There's a couple of guys I'd like to see them keep. And one of them is currently the interim head coach for the Razorbacks. So, yeah, no news recruiting. And as of right now, obviously, I don't like Arkansas to win that Mizzou game. But we'll talk about that uh, in, in more depth, hopefully. Assuming we record on Thursday, we'll uh, we'll talk more in depth about that game. And uh, obviously, we'll have some more. We'll have the basketball response and everything there on that episode as well. So, all right, that's going to do it for this portion of the podcast. Next, next up. Razorback freaking basketball taking on Georgia Tech tonight. Well, tomorrow night, but by the time this podcast releases, to, to, tonight on, I guess, the ACC Network. But I think if you have, what I've been told is if you have access to one of these streaming services that provides you with SEC Network that you should be able to watch the game. I'm not entirely sure. We may end up having to listen to this damn thing on the radio. I don't know. But let's talk about this matchup. So, okay, all right, Georgia Tech, 2-1. and one. They're hosting the Razorbacks this Monday night. They're currently, uh, they're currently in year four under head coach Josh Pastner. I, I think I have that typed out right. But uh, the best player on their roster, which I have already been asked, 
maybe he might be one of the better players in the ACC so far. Uh, but it's the six foot five hundred ninety three pound guard Michael DeVoe against Georgia. He had thirty four points. I think I'd actually read where he had 10 rebounds, but ESPN says nine against Georgia. He also had a couple of steals, according to ESPN. Uh, on the year, he's averaging 26 points per game, four rebounds, two assists. He's shooting roughly 60% from the floor, and that's, that's not too bad. <laughs> that's not too bad at all. There's also senior forward James Banks, six foot 10, 250 pounds, who leads the ACC and so far the country in blocks per game, which is nearly at six blocks. Yeah, six blocks per game. That's not too bad. Keep an eye on Khalid Moore, six foot seven, two hundred pound forward, who leads the ACC in steals per game, which is currently at three. And he's also he was also he's also just shy of about six rebounds per game as well. Uh, Georgia Tech has some size underneath. This is this is one of those teams you're a little concerned about the matchup with the Hogs down in the paint. Uh, threes are going to have to land against these guys. They're going to have to they're going to have to shoot out in the perimeter really well. They're going to have to get the mid-range jumpers going. This is going to be a tough team to drive on with that size. Uh, another little interesting tidbit on Georgia Tech. Since leaving the SEC back in 1964, their overall record against its former conference against the SEC is a horrible record sitting at 29-57. and 57. That's bad. Let's look at their their overall team stats. They're 74 points per game is what they score on average, which is 150th in the country. 68 points allowed per game, which is 163rd in the country. And they're a top 30 rebounding team in the nation, averaging around 43 to 44 rebounds. It's not too bad. Like I said, Georgia Tech's got that size in the athleticism. This is, this is going to be a really really tough matchup. So let's look at Arkansas really quick. We already know who the who the guys that stand out are. You know, Isaiah Joe, Mason Jones. Witt has been a very pleasant surprise. Bailey, you know, they're they're they've had a couple guys come off the bench and have some moments. Uh Silla has has actually kind of maybe if we can continue to bring him off the bench and look as good as he did last week. Uh, maybe if, if he can continue to do that and they get some consistency from the bench, Arkansas is going to be – they're already tough to deal with defensively. We know all about that. But get these guys, come off the bench, do something on the, on the offensive end and uh, contribute and get some quality minutes on the floor. They could be pretty dangerous. So they've moved up Arkansas from – I think they were third in the country in scoring defense. Now they're second at, at an amazing – 47 points allowed per game. That is incredible. And they're not one of these teams that's just played three or four. They've played, they're 5 and 0. Oh. They're 5 and 0, oh and they've not given up nothing. Like nobody is scoring on Arkansas. We all know their perimeter defense has been incredible. Uh, the bad, though, they're currently ranked 260th in the country in rebounds per game. This is not surprising. We've already. We've already talked a lot about that with with the size factor, right? This is just something that's expected when you consider. Look, they've got some guys that, according to Joe Lenardi, that they've played against. They've got at least a team, I think, or two that Joe Lenardi has in his early bracket. So it's not like I think they've played a, a bad non-conference schedule so far. I would say it's, I don't know, arguably decent. And so maybe that number goes up a little bit. I'm going to say probably not. <laughs> When you, especially when you got teams like Georgia Tech, and then you get into the SEC teams with a little bit of size underneath, 
I don't know, but 260 is not very promising for rebounds. You know, again, you're sitting at about 34, 35 per game. That's not good. Um, they're going to have to boost those numbers, and hopefully, with Cheney now, um, assuming he can, you know, keep his head on straight off the court, um, maybe Cheney will help with that. Now that he's starting to get some more games and some more time on the floor, get some quality minutes inside, get some quality minutes in the paint, buddy. Go out and attack the boards, and let's get some rebounds. Uh, they're also 130th in scoring offense, averaging 76 points per game. So really quick, what I typed up here and what I have for Arkansas, I think, to be in this game, um, this is what's going to have to happen. It's a real quick type up, nothing long, um, nothing way too in-depth. But Isaiah Joe and Mason Jones will have to land shots early uh, to take Georgia Tech home crowd out of the game. Georgia Tech inside presence will be tough, uh, and you cannot let the home crowd get it going for Georgia Tech. Don't let them get too much momentum there. And be smarter with the ball in transition. Too many stakes, mistakes on breakaways. Uh, you know, Almost losing the ball. They've lucked out several times where they have lost the ball in transition and then there's someone else there to kind of pick the ball up and move it down court. But they've got to be smarter in transition. And when they, when they get breakaways, be smarter. Continue to play aggressive on defense, swiping at bad passes and forcing mistakes. Uh, in Arkansas, maybe if you do some of those things, obviously continue to look good at the free throw line. Got to get those threes landing early. You can't get off to a slow start against Georgia Tech, against a Power 5 team on the road. You can't do it. You could possibly, you do these things, continue, continue, continue to play outstanding defense like you've done. You should walk away with a dub. I've gone back and forth on this one. I really have. I don't, I don't know... It's really up until about 10 minutes before I started recording when I was doing my extra research and some more things I wanted to you know, look at and kind of break down. The more I look at it, the thing that worries me, and I'm going to say it every single podcast and every single time I'm talking about the Razorback basketball team, size is a problem, but... You've got the guard play. They're playing aggressive. They're not. They're not getting bodied underneath. They're not giving up easy, easy points inside too often. I'm not saying it never happens. Um, they are getting. They are getting blocks inside. They are doing some impressive stuff inside on the defensive side of the ball. All things considered, and it's one of the reasons why they haven't given up a whole bunch of points. I think. I think against Georgia Tech, they are going to give up. I think they're going to have their first sixty point game given up. It's on the road against a Power 5 opponent. I mean, that shouldn't shock anybody. Um, but if, I don't know, play like you have. Play like you did Friday night and, and continue to to do what you've done, the things that you've done right so far, and you've got a shot at winning this game. Right now, I have Arkansas losing this game. And I've been so back and forth on this because of how well Arkansas's played. Their guard play has been wonderful. You've They've done pretty well at the free throw line. Um, they, even though they were in me in transition, they have been able to force mistakes and force turnovers and they get teams really uncomfortable. And what I can tell they're, they're good at taking away your strengths, but having saying that they've not played a team like Georgia tech yet, a team that has power five talent. They haven't seen it yet. And it's their first, uh, it's their first road game. Georgia tech has, has a, a, you know, decent bench. Um, they also have, I mean, they've got, you know, Again, it's just it's it's that size factor. That's what it is for me, size and talent. But it wouldn't surprise me to see Arkansas come away with a, a victory here either. Wouldn't be surprising at all. Wouldn't shock me. 
Um, but I just I think what happens is Arkansas probably for the first time, and we haven't seen it all year, I think they're going to trail a little bit. They're going to struggle. It might be a little back and forth in the middle, but at the end, Georgia Tech, I think, kind of pulls away and uh, gets the win here. But, I, again, it wouldn't shock me, would not surprise me one bit if Arkansas found a way to get a, get a victory here. If they win here, if they win here, uh, yeah, they're, I mean, I don't know. That could absolutely change. That could change some things for, my, for me. They've still got to go on the road against, uh, what, Western Kentucky, right? They got Western Kentucky on the road. And uh, that's going to be, let me pull that up, that's on uh, December 7th. You've got a couple games in between there, but you've got Western Kentucky on the road. You're going to host Tulsa on the 14th of December. And then your next true test is at Indiana on the 29th, which right now we don't have, uh, it's to be determined as far as how you're going to watch that game. Then January on the 4th, you start SEC play against Texas A&M, which is written down right now at 6 p.m. on the SEC network. So, yeah, Arkansas, Georgia Tech tonight, the 25th of November, 6 p.m., currently on ACC network, but I've been told you should still be able to watch it, even though you don't have ACC network. You should have access to it through uh, ESPN+. Plus. Or uh, you know, if you if you have a streaming service or if you have Cox Internet, you should be able to pull up. Uh, it used to be the Watch ESPN app. Now it's just you pull up ESPN, you click Live Now, and it's there. So you should you should have access to it. Um, if Arkansas, no matter what happens, right now it looks like I'm going to have a post game show. We did a poll on YouTube, and it's very much favoring a, a post game live show instead of our normal 5 p.m. Monday live stream. So for those of you on the picture for, for those of you who follow me on the Picture Network YouTube channel, I will be live post game. There will not be a 5 p.m. show. There will be a post game show after the Arkansas Georgia Tech game. Again, that's at 6 p.m. tonight when tip off happens, and then after that, no halftime show or anything. But there will be a post game show. So I think that's going to do it. Holy cow! Doing one of these solo. It's it's not out of my. I mean, you know, I'm used to doing it. I've done it on the uh, Picture L podcast. I've done it on the, I do every live stream live for an hour. So this was fun. This was good stuff. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Please, please leave some star power behind. If you would be so kind, maybe leave us a written review. We'd really appreciate it. On behalf of the Hawk Talk podcast, we'll see you guys next time. And as always, woo pig suey. That was terrible. Woo, woo pig suey. That was bad too. How, how should we do this? Woo pig. How about that? Just woo damn pig. Come on. Come off with it. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.